Well, good morning. Welcome to Mariner's Church. Thank you guys for being here. <clears throat> this, um, I'm still sick, you know, and this thing's crazy. I'm really seriously contemplating if there's any nutritional value in cough drops and bland tea, you know, because that's all I've been on for like the last, last week and a half. And I've been working through this cold for so long. I've, I've come to the conclusion it's a lot more serious than just simply a simple cold. It is, go ahead and show it, it's man flu. I have man flu. <laughs> now, did any of you know what man, man flu is? Man flu is this um, very critical thing that goes through. There's something that we males, we, we get this. And, and I, ha- I believe honestly that God allowed women to have to go through childbirth just so they could begin to comprehend a little bit of what we men go through. <laughs> Here's the definition of man flu. Man flu, an illness that causes the male of the species to be helpless and sicker than any other family member. <laughs> In females, it's just simply called a cold. So, uh, but no, it's, it's honestly a, a, a real thing. And those of you that are doubters, why did they have this study? Go ahead. See, man flu is a real illness. See, someplace in Durham University, the famous scholarly institution that is, said that Man flu is important and a real thing. Also, why would they have all these kinds of medications for man flu? I mean, look at that. Look at all this kind of stuff that you can, you can truly buy. Um, I knew it was man flu when my wife put this on my door. Caution, I've contracted a potentially fatal case of man flu. Your lack of compassion is putting my life in danger. <laughs> but hopefully I'll be able to wear this proudly next week, this right here, man flu survivor on, on this one. Hey, my name is Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and actually I'm working through this cold, and, and I'm convinced that hell will contain this kind of a cold and sinus infections. It honest, honestly will. My, my welcome also to those of you that are upstairs in the loft. Uh, thank you for being part of this, and hope you're enjoying your fellowship and the, and the warmth that's going on up there, as, as well as downstairs. Hey, um, <clears throat> today I want to kick off our... Were they stomping? Oh, really? Really? I didn't hear that. Uh, we love you guys. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really good. Um, that's good. That's good. Um, today, we're going to kick off our theme for 2018, um, and we're going to be calling it Illuminate. Um, now, at Christmas, we had all these lights, and we still got a bunch of lights behind me, and you're thinking, Paul must be really into PG&E, but that's really not, 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 not the case. In the Bible, there's a phrase, and, and we want to kind of use this as, as one of the themes we go back to, Paul says this, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. There it is. Isn't that a cool way to put it? Flooded with light. There's that illumination of your heart. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope is given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I just want to have that confident hope, that continual expectation of what God is doing and what God will do this coming year and in our lives. I mean, the, the, the heart flooded with light to see it, and that's what I would want for you, and that's what I would want for me. Next week, we're going to be kicking off kind of this whole theme of Illuminate as we look at 40 days in, in the Word, and it will, again, your hearts will be flooded with light as you understand the Word of God and begin to, to study it more and be able to read and see all the incredible stuff in it for yourself. After that series, we're going to be going into having our hearts flooded with light on seeing Jesus in a whole new way, in a whole different way. 
we're going to have Dr. Eric Tennis from Biola University, who's going to talk to us about the person and work of Jesus Christ. And then we're going to be looking at all that Jesus is, and not just the theology of it, but in the personal day-to-day experience. After that, we're going to illuminate our, our lives and, and kind of have our hearts flooded as we see ourselves, as we're going to be um, working through our problems when, when your world is shaken is going to be that series. What do you do when your world is shaken? And then we're going to go into a series called um, Hiding from Love. And so we're going to kind of have a, a reflection of our own lives and, and why do we hide from love and how can we open up ourselves more and more to what God would want. And the goal of, of this year is that your hearts would be enlightened. The eyes of your heart would be opened up to see everything that, that, that God wants to do in you and what God has done for you to give you that confident hope. That last song that we sang in the debate sang, man, man, just the truth of I am standing in, in the love of Christ forever, forever on that one. And if that does not give you confident hope, I don't know what can. And we want to really understand that. And beyond just understand it here, but experience that as we do the things that he wants, God wants us to do. In the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15, there, there's a phrase, and, and we want to talk about how do we kind of begin to get flooded with light. And, and Paul's writing this to, to a church in Ephesus a long time ago, but it applies to us today. He says this, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere... I've not stopped thanking God for you. Now, that's not hard to understand. There's not too much complication there. He says, I've heard about you guys, and I've heard about your strong faith, and I've heard about your love for people. Those are natural responses for those that are followers of Christ. He goes on and he says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you may grow in your knowledge of God. And if you don't mind, if you're taking notes, to circle that concept or that term, knowledge of God, because um, we want to talk about that for a second. Have any of you ever done Internet searches? We all have. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. My mom, by the way, 90 years old, she, we, she got a, a, a pad, one of those... Tablets, thank you. Yeah, my brain is low today. She got, she got a tablet, and so she's learning all that kind of stuff, and she's afraid to go on it, but she's going to able... We said, Mom, you can do all these kinds of things. You can actually stalk people on tablets, you know, and find out everything about them. Have you ever, I've never done that. Have you ever kind of tried to look up somebody and kind of follow the chain uh, a lot of that? We look up things about people, and we find out about, you know, where they were born, and, and maybe you go to their Facebook page, you know, you begin to get an understanding of what that person is like. You guys have done that before, ever? And if they're friends with your kids, no, you never have done that. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, you, you have. And particularly if it's a young man that's interested in your daughter, what you do is you can go to the, to the police record search, you know, really quick, and FBI, and Interpol, so I'm, I'm an expert on, on that. But anyway, you can actually look at a Facebook page or you can look at a, another person's social website page and you can begin to get a lot of understanding of, 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 of who they are, can't you? And you can get a big knowledge about them. Their hobbies, their interests, the books they read, the movies they like to see, the kind of music they, they like, you know, where they were born, where they live, their job, their occupation, their hobbies, all those kinds of things can come out the more, the more you look. And you can know all about the guy but you don't know him. You know that? You can know all the facts about that person, but you may not know him. And I know it's been said before, but, but it, I, I think we, we should 
just mention it again. There's a big difference between knowing about a person and knowing a person. And there's a big difference between knowing about God and knowing God. A, a, a big difference. That's why you can have somebody who can read the entire Bible through and it means absolutely nothing to them versus somebody who can read the entire Bible through and say, I can't believe what kind of God we have. And their hearts completely get filled up with, with over, overflowing. And so the Bible would talk about the spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. And I know it's talking also about the information and the facts because you have to understand God is perfect and God is loving and God is kind. You have to know the facts about God. But then we also have to experience them and know Him through that. Part of this illuminate theme will mean getting to know God in a deeper way. And m one of my goals for you is that you would say, next December, I know God in a different way, in a better, in a better way. Um, all of us are, 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 are aging, same time, same rate. I turned the big 6-0 last year, the big one. And that one's painful. People say it doesn't hurt. It does. It really does. It hurts real bad. And, and <laughs> you know, I said to somebody, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's like I'm not getting old. I am what? I am old, and I am old. It's, it's, it's just the way, way it goes, and it, and it does hurt. But, but there's this really cool thing that comes with age. Discounts at Denny's, by the way. That's another. But beyond that, uh, uh, apart from that, and the book of John talks about it, and, and he's going to use actually kind of human ages and human stages in talking about how a person can know God and their relationship with God. And he's going to say this. He says, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus, okay? I'm writing to you who are God's children, little kids, little, little, little tiny kids. Now, he's not talking about actually little kids, He's talking about people that are brand new in the faith, brand new in the faith. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith, <laughs> old guys, because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. He says, I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. And so there's, 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 there's three groups here. And he's talking about those of you who, who are, are like infants, babies in, in, in your faith, just Firstborn, freshborn kids in Christ. You just discovered Jesus. And, and then those of you that are the kind of young in the faith, you know, young, young men. And then those of you that are a, a lot more mature and have walked with God for, for quite a while. And he said, and there's a difference between each of you. And, and you might remember even for you in your own life or maybe find yourself in one of these places. But when you were first in Christ, when you first found yourself in Christ, all of a sudden you realized, I can't imagine someone loving me so much, and it was so exciting for you, and maybe you got all these kind of tingles and joys on the, on the inside. The amazing excitement that God would love you, childlike love, excitement, and abandonment to him. And then, and then, and then as we talk, he would talk about those that are kind of in the middle, it's like, man, you're ready to do battle against Satan and the evil one, and you can do anything for God, and you're out ready to conquer a world. And that's a, great, that's a great stage. But then he's going to talk about the third stage that you, as you grow in your faith, will go into. And he says, he says honestly to the, he says, those people, I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you, you just know Christ who existed from the beginning. You just know him. You just know him. Do, do, do you hear the difference there? Yeah, you've gone through the excitement phase, and that's a really good thing, and you're ready to conquer the world, and you've done all the things God wants you to do, but now you're at the point 
where you're just saying, I just know God. I just know. And there's an incredible amount of, I guess, confidence, power, strength, help. when You just know God and you have a track record of God. And I'm not saying that you have to wait till you're my age or you have to wait to any age. It's just the quicker you can understand everything about God and know God to be able to say, I know him and I know what he's like. And there's a track record where I've seen him be faithful again and again and again. The better your life it's going, going, going to be. Ephesians goes on, it says this, I pray the eyes of your heart, there it is, may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incredibly great power for us who believe. There's power involved in this. All of us have, have done this. You know, you're getting your Christmas card ready to send out, and you know, and you, you, you get it on Shutterfly or something like that. And you can do some, some editing on the pictures. Have you ever done that, the editing? I don't know why I've got so many computer graphic things, but you, know, you, can, do some, you can do some editing on it. You just think, holy cow, do I really look like that? And so you, 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 know, you look better, and you make yourself look better. You know, you, 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 you can do that. And it's not that hard um, to make yourself look better. For instance, I went for this one. I took this picture. I said, I can, just a few tweaks, just a couple tweaks, and I can look like that. I mean, isn't that bad? It's not hard. It's just really not that hard whatsoever to... Look like that. Um, it can go the other way as well. Understand that? Well, we can Photoshop ourselves in our minds to look good. Um, we can sometimes Photoshop our worlds and ourselves to look bad the other way. And I would think that Satan, the devil, is a real expert at Photoshopping your life and wanting to paint certain colors into your life that shouldn't be there and aren't there, and that God would say don't belong there, but we let them be painted in any way. You know, I do believe Satan, I believe he's involved in keeping you away from the life God would have, and so he can take you in something, you know, that's good, and, and he can erase the people and make you feel like you're all, you're all alone. He can do that to you. And it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. We're still frail creatures in this. Or he can take your life and add wrong colors and turn it into dark. And all of a sudden, things are just not looking so good anymore. And all of a sudden, you come to the conclusion or the Photoshop conclusion that you're not liked or you're nobody or you're not important or you can't be loved. Or I'm, I, I am the loser that everyone thought I really was. So Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. And all of a sudden there is now illumination happening here where the colors should be getting brighter and lighter because there's hope to which God has called you to say you're not a loser, but there's hope for you in your life. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the faith in the saints and that would be God storing up an incredible life that he will not fail to give you. And his incredible, incomparable, great power for us who believe. And that, and that would be the power to stand through the stuff and the confidence and hope that we can be encouraged in all of this. Talking about pictures, there's a place in Brazil called Pedra do Telegrafo. 
okay? And, and, and a picture appeared online, and it's this daredevil guy. You might have seen this one. I don't know if you have, but it's this daredevil guy. And he posted this picture online, and it took the Internet by storm, and it's a cool shot. And, and, it, and it really freaks us all out on this one. And as the guy explained the situation, he said he trained, and he trained, and he trained in order to be able to do that. I mean, he worked on his packs, his abs, all this kind of stuff in order to be able to just simply do that hang. And, 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 a, and, a, and a lot of times, you know, we think, you know, we feel like my life is like that guy. I'm holding on by my feet. And there's one heck of a fall down there. That life is this horribly precarious thing. You know, that life is this dangerous thing that I'm in this thing all by myself and I'm fighting against all the forces of the world and the forces of nature and all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says this, look, there's a hope which I've called you to, a hope. And there's riches in the glorious inheritance in the saints. And there is an incredibly great power for you who believe. The reality of this picture is this is what the place looks like. It's really like that, okay? (laughs) There it is. And that, which, and tourists go there all the time, and they take pictures of it. And if you angle it just right, it looks, it looks terribly scary. But in reality, we're talking about a four-foot drop. It's a four-foot drop. And I, I, I would think that when you have this God who is for us, and he declares that we're righteous in Christ, and that he has a plan for our lives, and as we get to know him more and more and more, that that big scary cliff that seems like it's 100,000 feet above the ocean, understand it's nothing more than a four-foot drop. How can it be any less when God is in control? And so I don't know what 2018 has for any of us, for you, for me. I mean, I wanted 2018 to start out awesome, and I got a cold. It's already started out bad, you know. I wanted to hit the 10,000 steps a day mark, you know. You do that kind of thing. You know what I'm averaging now? 19. I think I'm averaging 19, you know, to the bed, to the kitchen, and back, you know. It seems like, like, like that. There was a book that came out um, several years ago, and, and, and the, the title was, was, was awesome. It's a good book. But the title itself sticks in my mind. It's called All the Light We Cannot See. All the Light We Cannot See. Think about that just for a second, just the title. All the light that we, we can't see. Because what I think is in reality of what God is doing, there's an awful lot of light in this world that we just can't quite see yet. You know? Do you remember when Jesus was, in, was being arrested in the, in the garden? You should go back and, and read it. He's in the garden, he's praying, and there's a cohort of soldiers that come to arrest him, a cohort. Now, we don't understand what a cohort is. We don't live back then. cohort is between 300 and 600 soldiers that came. Okay? Now, they knew it was Jesus in the garden with, at the most, 11 people. Okay? And so what do they send in? They send in 300 armed guys to arrest Jesus Christ. Okay? And they, they bring out 300 people. They're all coming in. <laughs> And the disciples, you know, they all freak out, and they cause all the soldiers to start freaking out, and they're going from here and there and all kind of running around. And, and, and in this whole scenario, as we're looking at all this kind of thing, there's only one person that's not freaking out, only one, and that's who? Jesus. He's the guy that they're coming to arrest. He's the guy that, you know, he's going to die. He's the only guy. He takes charge of the situation. And one of the disciples pulls out a sword and whacks off a soldier's ear and all that, and Jesus says, you know, stop. 
And then he says this, all the light we cannot see. He says this, do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? 12 legions of angels would be 70,000. And I know he's not necessarily talking literally, but he's saying, I could have a couple hundred thousand angels here just like that. Jesus is saying, don't think this this is out of control. It's not out of control. All the light you cannot see. We have God with us in this. There's a situation in the Old Testament, and, and you might be thinking of it right now, that's somewhat the same. It says this, So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. They're trying to wipe out, wipe out Elisha the prophet. They don't like him. They don't like him at all. And so they send out, they send out a great army, many chariots, and they surround the city. You know, they don't want him to escape. So we're talking, I don't know, thousands? You know, how, do you, how many does it take to surround a city? A lot. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, Elisha's servant, he went outside. There were troops and horses and chariots everywhere, everywhere. So he runs back in. He says, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. And I'd freak out. You know, I would freak out. You get up, you know, you get up to well, wash your face, whatever you well, anyway, he gets up in the morning, and all of a sudden he's looking around, and he says, holy cow, you know, and he's looking at his horses and chariots and men and horses and chariots and men and soldiers, and they're, they're, they're everywhere. So he runs back in, and he says, what are we going to do now? And Elisha says this wild thing. You know, familiar with the story now? Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. And you're doing the math if you're the servant, and you're saying, me and you and them. You know, it says, then Elisha prayed to the Lord, open his eyes, let him see. And there it is, he opened his eyes. See it? Opened his eyes. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots. Fire. All the light we cannot see. And as you head into this year, you know, again, we don't know what it holds. Who does? God does. God who says, I am going to give you hope and strength and power and joy and peace. It's there. If our God be for us, then what? Who can be against us? Who can be against us? He didn't give up. He didn't, he didn't withhold his own son from us. You think he's not going to give us all things? And yeah, it might be challenging. And now it might be tough. And yeah, some of, some of you may not make it through this year. Do you realize that? But is that within God's plan? Is that within God's hand? Of course it is. That's why I love it when Jesus says, do not be afraid, little flock. Father's pleased to give you the kingdom. He gives him joy for that. Illuminate all the light you can't see. I want us to see more and more and more so that you can walk, we can walk confidently and strongly and with boldness in this, not be victims of this whole thing. And I'm going to ask the worship team, they're going to come up right now, and I'm going to ask you just bow with me for a second, if you would. We're going to finish this time off, and I, my hope, 
my prayer would be that you would have had, you would receive confidence in today. And Lord Jesus, thank you for your incredible love and care for us. And God, um, if you didn't withhold your own son, you're going to give us all things, and you've promised that. And we are found in Christ, in Christ. Forgiven, loved, cared for, protected. Knowing that all things do work for good and for your glory. And that anything that we can experience this year or will... It's a four-foot drop at best. Because you're the one who makes the cliffs and you're the one who makes the rocks. You're the one who gives us a light to see. So, Father, I pray, I ask that you would bless us as a church family this coming year. Um, All that light that's out there, we would see. We would see what you've given us. Right now, I just would ask that you would take that fear to God, that anxiety to God, that pressure you're feeling to Christ. Maybe the enemy's trying to paint your picture, Photoshop your life as being really crappy. Don't let him do that. There's a hope in his calling. Riches in Christ. So Father, bless us this coming year. Thank you. Thank you for the love of Christ that we have forever. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for being part of today. I appreciate you guys coming. If you want prayer, if you want somebody to pray for you, you're going through something, We have a prayer room right there. The door's open and just head on in and there are people there that will pray for you. They're not going to ask you your life story or anything. You just share what you want and they will pray for you. And so take advantage of that. Also make sure you sign up for life groups that are there. And um, gosh, can't wait to see you guys next week. Bring friends to come. People that are saying, I don't believe the Bible one bit. And so we'll work with that one, okay, if we can. So let's stand together. We're going to finish with a final song. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week and thank you.